What up, what up, what up, and welcome to On Deck with Tony and Ken. My name is Tony. I'm here with my co-host, Ken. Ken, how are you feeling this week? I'm good, I'm good. Um, Easter break is finally over. I've got a couple more days before school starts up again. And uh, yeah, man, uh, I'm enjoying it, man. It's uh, It's been a nice little break, you know, played a bit of basketball here and mm-hmm. there, um, but yeah. not as much as I wanted to. I know there was quite a few people that wanted to join us as well, actually. Yeah. But um, uh, the issue was last minute and uh on my side and also weather weather was just trash uh yeah. but no not, not 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 much happening i think majoritively it was just a relaxed week nothing too crazy yeah. was happening well no, beyond the good. things we're going to talk about yeah no that's good that's good uh my my week's been pretty chilled um i'm in a bit of a i'm I'm in a bit of pain at the moment, uh, given like, you know, the gyms have opened up. So just to update people out here in the UK, uh, the pandemic restrictions have been lifted to some degree. So, you know, we're able to go out and do things. So with that comes gyms and stuff. So I've been going back to the gym, plus on top playing basketball as well. So I don't know. It's a bit taxing on my body at the moment. Um, Basketball has been keeping me in shape for the most part. Uh, And, you know, just giving that extra spice to uh to the gym just to keep myself right and tight but other than that it's cool actually uh quick thing uh i had an an annoying day today ken yeah like you you've been shopping like i say that because it's been so long since we've been able to go into a shop but have you been shopping recently um well i have a story about that i think i know i didn't tell you about the story that i had but something crazy happened but you go first you go first and i'll tell you mine after so my one's not really long, but it's just like a minor annoyance, right? I'm going to Primark or Primarney for those people that are broke and that's fancy. Well, those people so, that, you know, were a teenager like 15 years ago. <laughs> right. So I'm going into Primark, right? And I'm thinking yep. to myself, uh, I don't really know what to get. I know I need to get some linens. I know I need to get maybe, you know, a T-shirt or something like that. Just to, just to refresh a little something, something. Um, I go up to the men's section, right? And right then, then it's like, usually I'm not really hit by mannequins like that. But like this time I was hit with a mannequin and thought to myself, oh, you, you know what? That mannequin's like, it's rocking those clothes nicely. Um, and it was a pair of trousers. I was thinking like, I like those. I want those. I'm going to have those. I go to the trousers where they are. And Ken, what do you usually expect when you see on sizing, right? You usually expect to see numbers, right? Or at least like a corresponding of like large, medium, small, but at least the numbers to actually explain that shit, right? Oh, you mean the numbers corresponding with the letters? Is that what you're talking about? Right. So if you have like a, a large, you'll have the numbers breaking down what that means, like the length of the trousers, the the circumference of the waistline, you know? It, some I, some I would indication. Say, I would say it depends on the shop. There are the, most shops, they have mm-hmm. all the, all, all the uh, shebang. You meant yeah. to have those uh, three distinct numbers. So you yes. have the... Um, the, the length, the waist, and uh, circumference. The yeah, the fit, right? right? The, the so fit, I, right. I find these trousers, right? I look at them, right? And it's, it's it's all in the rows. Everything's there. They have small, they have medium, they have large, they have extra large, they have double XL. I look at them, I'm thinking, what does this mean though? Now, bear in mind, we can't go into the changing rooms to try this shit on. So I'm just looking at them and I'm there a good 20 minutes staring at these trousers thinking, do I want a large or do I want an extra large? Do I want a large? I don't want an extra large. Now I'm looking at every single label attached to these things, right? Guess what I find? Nothing. None of these labels, it has like four different labels. None of them have a number to tell me. So usually I wear like a waist size 36, sometimes 38 to accommodate my thighs. You know me, Ken, I got them thick thighs. I got them gams. Yeah, thick boy. Yeah. So 
I usually wear that. So I got an unusually small waist. So my waist is usually like, you know, if I'm if I'm fit and ready, it's 34 or 36, right? But I usually wear 36 or 38 to accommodate my larger than normal thighs. I'm looking at these trousers, Ken. It's giving me, it's giving me no clues whatsoever. I do, legit do not know. Just eyeballing it, right? You can tell there's a difference between large and extra large. But you can't try them on to actually find out, oh, is this going to be too loose or too tight? So I'm there. I'm contacting the uh, the the helpers, you know, and say, hey, could you check on your system? Is there like maybe on your system you got that data? You would think, right? You know, with inventory, it'll probably have a breakdown. Nope, nothing. So I'm just kind of there <laughs> playing Russian roulette with my trousers. Obviously not as dramatic. And I just say, screw it. I'll just take the extra large and I'll try it and I'll come back. It's a minor annoyance. But you would think the excitement of getting back into the shops and being like, hey, I'm going shopping again. Oh, I can't necessarily shop properly because your labels are dumb. And bear in mind, this is icing on the top cape. Uh, Ken, I'm I'm in the uh, the, the top section where they got um, yeah. some of the, the gym stuff. And I'm looking yeah, at, yeah. you know, let me add to my, my gym repertoire, obviously some stuff that I can wear for basketball as well. And I find this like really nice... Um, gym workout t-shirt right uh issue is there for some ungodly reason there's nothing bigger than a size medium and i'm thinking to myself you're setting peckham there ain't no slim picking peckham peckham people are fat why do you have your maximum size of medium makes no sense makes no sense size medium i think it's based on sales or the recent sales as well because maybe the past they, they didn't sell a lot of larges. And right. maybe recently, because uh, ever since they've been open, people have yeah. been buying the larges, so they haven't done inventory yet. I will give you that, Ken, but do you know what make, doesn't make sense to me is that why do you have medium yep. period, right? Bear in mind, these mediums look like a kid's medium in the men's section. So I'm thinking to myself... So that one size fits all type stretchy. <laughs> it is it's it brother it doesn't even stretch that much. It's one of those ones you put it on, you're getting ready to do battle against dark I don't know, dark side. It's that kind of spandex right. where it just squeezes you. You don't stretch out right, of it, right. it stretches into you, bruv. Right, right, right. <laughs> anyway, tell me about your story, man. Yeah, man, uh, very different. I was in Asda. I was doing my mm. regular grocery shopping and um I was walking to the cashier. I had music in my ears, so I wasn't really uh, paying attention to the uh, surroundings. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, like, all right, cool, my basket's full. I think I've, I've got everything. Um, I line up to uh, scan my stuff and pay for it in self-checkout. And then yeah. I hear this the sound. Um, I feel like, well, what's going on with my headphones? What, what's the sound I'm hearing? And then I realized I saw someone's hand waving. I was like, wait a minute. Is someone making noise in the store? I pause my music and I take my earphones out. One woman is going off. Woman is going off at the security at the manager, and me minding my own business. I pulled up to the self checkout and I'm, I'm I'm I start scanning my stuff, and never so slowly, I start scanning myself slowly. I'm like, what's going on here? Let me scan a bit slower so I can understand what's going on. This woman yeah. was um kicking off because the security man um asked to check her bags, right? And um, but apparently she was screaming that like she came into the store, she didn't. Um, she didn't even come in to pay for anything. She came in to check for something and wanted to dip. And mm-hmm. then the security guy uh, stopped her to check her stuff. And yeah. that's when it started kicking off. And then the manager wasn't letting her leave because, well, she was exasperating the situation because right. she's kicking off, looking hella guilty, whether she could have been innocent. You know, yeah. I'm not saying that she was wrong or that she has done something wrong. Um, it's just that she was kicking off and then she was swearing. There was kids around. I was like, this is wild. And the manager said, like, don't worry, the police is on the way. And then 
like she's and then right she is swearing at it's like i can only compare it to how i see some students talk to us teachers where because they're angry because there's a crowd because they're amongst people they have to feel the need to be incredibly rude and unprofessional and just horrible in the situation and just kick off like i don't care does it like and this was a grown woman this weren't like no no mid 20 year old she looked like she was pushing her 40s right type thing i'm like yo you're a grown woman and you're making noise and do you know what and to be absolutely honest saying that someone is grown doesn't mean that they are grown doesn't it so yeah. she's kicking off and then as i'm leaving that's when i hear police sirens and the police sirens pull up into Deptford high street and then like everyone in the barbershop was leaning out because you know this was uh, uh this week leaning out just to be like yo what's what's going on like <laughs> everyone's coming out the shops to see what was happening and yeah. then this woman before i left she was like don't worry nah i'm gonna call my mum. but if my mum come through you guys gonna have hell to pay and she got on the phone to her mom it's like yeah mum, come through to asda and mm-hmm. like, i was like whoa you know when you call for backup right she called her mums for backup what? <laughs> like like yo yo it's popping off like it's about to go down like, call well, the beef like thing, that's yeah? how she was talking that's how she was talking on the phone she was talking like <laughs> there was proper beef with managers and asda mate people just like the minimum wage type of people like we're not sure it's not that deep Right. She's calling like she was about to have a fight, and then yeah. she was threatening the security guy. Don't you effing touch me? This, 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 this. Oh, you can have it. And she like she was probably like ready for a fight. She's like like no nah, no. Nah, see what happens if you touch me. This, this, see what happens if you keep me here. And I was like yo, you're threatening now. Yeah, it, it's 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 so childish. Uh, but that's what is... you do, right? When you get backed into a corner, like you have to bring back that energy. Like this is how you convince somebody that you're you're innocent. You come with that outrage. When you're outraged, that means you're innocent. But it's not really true. I don't know why she didn't just walk out the store because <laughs> yeah. it, she she wanted the trouble. She wanted the beef. She wanted yeah. the confrontation with the police. She wanted all of it. She if wanted that smoke. And so, Ray, she wanted all of it. Like, if it was me, I'd be like, no, I'm walking out. Are mm-hmm. you going to try to stop me? One of us is ending up on the floor. Either right. I'm ending up on the floor and I'm pressing charges or you're yeah. on the floor and you'll see me next Tuesday to get some more groceries. You right. know what I mean? I'll say, I'll spud you on the way in. Like, right. it, 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 it's so weird that that situation happened. I was like, cool. I've been trying to invite people down to my area and right. people were like, oh, what? Your area? That's mm-hmm. not where you live. I'm not trying to bait out where I live too tough. Yeah, you know, yeah. I may have said it. But like, you know, people will get very, very like, nah, 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 I ain't coming. I keep hearing mad stories about it. I'm like, right. how old are we? We're not 15 anymore where like, there's a genuine fear <laughs> to walk on road because people are just always on something. But, I know, think we just... an age that goes away. I think we just kind of grow up with it, so we're used to it. But I think from people from on the outside looking in, they hear about our area and they hear the reputation. They believe the reputation. And for better or for worse, some of it is true. There's some messed up stuff that's happened in the history of our area, stuff that continues to happen. Like, And for the most part, it's calmed down. But, you know, I, I wouldn't blame somebody from the outside saying, no, 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 I ain't going them. I'm not, I'm, I ain't going them ends. Like, it, it's not that deep. Yeah. But um, Ken, tell us, what are we talking about this week? I mean, we're talking about the usuals this week. We're talking mm-hmm. about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes. The stuff that they're doing with that. We're talking about the Invincible, Invincible. Mm-hmm. And what they're adding to the, uh, to the animation game, to the gore game, to yes. the writing game, to, to, to the monetary gain as well. Because they yes. did some stuff, again, that made me realize, oh, they still got some money left over. Oh, they got money, money. On the show. Yeah. And um, there's a film that we both saw. We saw Nobody that came yes. out. Uh, recently with mm. uh, an amazing actor that you people recognize him from Better Call Saul mm-hmm. uh, or from Breaking Bad as yes. uh, Saul Goodman. 
the yes. lawyer. Yes. And, you know, any extra things that we uh, may have come across. Um, cool, cool, we, cool. we did find a nice little tie-in with everything that we've watched mm-hmm. uh, and a connection between all of them. And that's what we're going to mainly discuss yeah. uh, after we've given our review and our hype talk about everything that we're talking about. Yeah. But yeah, man, Tony, what do you want to start on? Let's get straight into Invincible Episode 6. I want you to go first. How did you... How do you because I got a bit of a gripe. Uh, it was... Uh, I want you to give your perspective. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna hit it with the one two just to balance it out. Well, um, I it was a good episode. Um, mm-hmm. Only because well, I'm not saying only because no. Um, anytime I watch a TV series, um, I I try and take it as part of a bigger story. Right. right. So what is the purpose mm-hmm. of this episode um, up until now? And part of the bigger story. Obviously, right. you'll get more will be revealed later on. Because mm-hmm. I've watched some shows where, like, they had a dud episode, but then it's that one dud episode that actually unlocked the keys to the entire series. Like, oh snap, that episode actually ends up being amazing. Yeah. So with this episode, it how I saw it, I saw it as a way of emphasizing the struggle um, that every super uh, superhero has when it comes to you know people that they care about. Um, mm-hmm. it, it reminded me so much of uh, Peter Parker because. Mm-hmm. They always did it with Peter Parker in the comics and always in the TV series. Like, all right, cool. This guy's trying to balance out his life and mm-hmm. school and being a superhero and somehow no one ever knowing his secret identity. Right. And they truly emphasize it. Like, I see it all the time in the comics and uh, in Spectac- uh, Spectacular Spider-Man, the TV series, mm-hmm. where it's like, all right, cool. There's calamity. Oh, no. I can't jump into action because after I have a protect like it's a dilemma do i protect the people that i care about or do i protect yeah. my uh, identity and yeah. there are pros and cons to doing that you protect your identity mm-hmm. or, or like oh sorry you protect the people uh, um by not revealing your identity or by, by like treating as if like right, i'm just going to be a normal person and not turn into mm-hmm. a superhero costume and that's a problem because you can help them and it'll probably cause more pain and someone might die because right. you chose to protect your identity but then there's the other side of, all right, cool, maybe I run away, change my costume and fight this bad guy. But then what happens is you look like a coward. You look like you ran away. You look like right. you're you're an asshole, basically. Like, yo, we was in trouble. There was madness happening in this crazy world and you yeah. ran away. So it was that dynamic and that uh, conflict that I really liked. And it's just uh, uh, delaying the inevitable mm-hmm. of one of two things because they kind of touched upon that in the last few episodes, mm-hmm. especially with him and Amber being on the rocks a bit. It's like, all right, right. Well, make sure you're here. I'm breaking up with you. And then conveniently he got, you know, quote unquote hit by a bus. Um, right. But then, you know, it, it ended up with him actually uh, having that dynamic all over. And like I said, yeah. it's going to end one of two ways. Either he's going to reveal to his girl that, you know, he is who he is. Yeah. Or they're just gonna break up and it's just gonna be all right, cool, just go about your business. Right, right. And right. so that was that that was his story. And um and you know, there's there's a lot of small things that happen in this that I, I really want to get into, mm. uh, that we will get into. Um but uh overall uh, that I think that was the main part of the story that really got me. It's like mm. all right, cool, it, it, it's it's emphasizing the emphasis. You either go all in or not. And we see right. it be successful with other superheroes in different mediums. For example, like Tony Stark. Like he revealed, all right, cool, I'm Iron Man. But then he's a billionaire philanthropist, blah, blah, blah. And so he, yeah. he has the opportunity to be out in the open like a celebrity and mm-hmm. be a hero and it not really have that big of an impact. But if you're earning minimum wage, you, your Aunt May's still trying to pay for bills and everything, like it, it becomes problematic if you reveal mm-hmm. your identity. 
Uh, and we did see that in the comics when Spider-Man revealed identity. He's not Tony mm-hmm. Stark, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like Kingpin, like literally, certainly hit Squad to his yard and came for Mary, uh, came for Aunt May. Like, yeah, he, he doesn't have the luxury of you know the rich to be uh, in the ivory tower. Of so I, I see that. But then again, you could argue Mark, uh, uh, Mark has the benefit of because I'm not saying reveal it to the world, but just maybe to his girl. Yeah. Um, trying to weigh out okay what are the pros and cons because there's no indication this entire series that he's actually weighed up the pros and cons you just see him go back and forth seeing if he is going to do it not going to do it but not actually decide uh one of the other Mm. um but then the third option that usually happens is when it just gets revealed by accident and we see it all the time in the comics and that's exactly what happens but not necessarily with um his girl with his uh best friend his yeah. best friend he saved his best friend and then his best friend literally just squinted his eyes is like wait mark which i found hilarious because um atomic uh what's her name atom eve uh second atom eve atom eve right yeah atom eve like no one recognizes her at school but she's all over social media mm-hmm. um but then his friends took one glaring look at him is like wait mark <laughs> is that yeah. you behind the mask um, and i thought that was quite weird seeing those two dynamics of okay cool Maybe because he knows him. I don't know. Can't speak yeah. on the writers or the character. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, once again, the whole idea of um, his friend realizing uh, that it's it's him by accident. So we always have those three dynamics. Either you tell someone, you don't tell someone, or they find out by accident. Mm-hmm. And we get um, and we get only two of those three and see how they play out. Um, weirdly enough, anytime in the comic books, it always is a positive to tell someone that you care about. Right. It's ac- like, which is weird, like, oh, I'm protecting my identity so I can protect you. But then anytime people find out, it's always an asset, like, mm-hmm. especially if it's a loved one, you know, it, which is weird because the minute, let's say, uh, who are we talking about? The minute Lois Lane uh, knew that Superman was Clark Kent, right, she automatically was like, oh, cool. Now I can call up on you when I know a madness is happening. Oh, mm-hmm. I know it, it makes sense when, you know, you, you disappeared. Because imagine if Clark kept uh, that secret away because you got Superman and Lois that's still play, um, on TV show, on CW, right? Yeah. Imagine he kept that secret even into his marriage. Bro, if they would have got divorced, like, it's actually a benefit, even though a bit of a burden, for your loved ones to know who you are. Right, and maybe he doesn't see that connection with Amber just yet to say because the minute he tells someone that it's kind of like alright cool am I going to marry you type thing right you know so yeah that that, that was one of the main things I, uh, um, I liked about the show they they talked about that but didn't really go anywhere just yet mm-hmm. um, they well uh, we, we had uh, a couple of guest stars um, in this episode I don't know if you clocked that mm-hmm. um, well the guest stars we had in this episode um, we had um, Ezra Miller as oh, DA Sinclair. We had Ezra Miller, yeah, bro, who plays that, the that Flash in the uh, the Justice League movies. Yep, in the uh, DC uh, extended universe. And I'm not gonna lie, had that's yeah. probably the my favorite performance of Ezra Ezra Miller's career. Like, I I generally don't. I'm not the biggest fan of Ezra Miller. I think his certain brand of awkwardness doesn't necessarily work for me i've seen him in other stuff including the stand which is another tv show um i've seen yeah. him in um uh train wreck um and uh what was it that movie about wallflowers something to do with wallflowers but i'm not yeah. i'm not and obviously fantastic beast i'm not a fan of Ezra Miller. but this episode i had to i'm not even a twitter person but i had to go out and tweet 
how much I liked his performance as D.A. Sinclair. Yeah. I thought it was perfect. It was good, man. Mm. Like, because his character was very... Um, like, I, I think people enjoy playing villains. Like, mm-hmm. playing a villain is, seems to always be... Um, it looks fun because you get to just not be yourself you get to just be uh, um well almost your true self right i'm gonna be evil yeah. <laughs> for four reasons it's that opportunity um, other... to be a bit more yeah. complex a bit more you know there's exactly it's, it's exactly. sometimes somebody's good because we're expected to be good right so when you're a good guy it's the default usually in life because we expect everybody to be good and it's rare that uh, uh, a writer's got the talent to explain why this play- person is good and you know this is his journey right whereas is there's more opportunity as a villain, as a bad guy, to say this is where it went wrong for me, and this is where I turned bad because of X, yeah. Y, and Z. It led me to this point. Yeah, it's true, man. Mm-hmm. It, it allows you to be a, bit, a lot more complex. Yeah, um, and, and I see that. Um, just very quickly, the last uh, guest cameo um, mm-hmm. was Justin Rowland. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, he was uh, obvious. Rick, Rick Sanchez. He can't yeah, you know hide what? his voice. <laughs> He can't they they, they made voice. it obvious based on because the character that he played, he played like a frat boy that was mm. a super drunk. That was like a trust fund kid. Yeah. That his dad more or less paid for half the university. Um, so he was drunk. He exposed himself to some girls and he was talking yeah. shit to them. And then he started talking and then he was burping while he was talking. And it was kind of mm. like, wait a minute. Where have I heard that before? Yeah. And if people know Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty, that's how he talks. He burps through his conversations because he's always semi drunk. Yeah. And I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, he can't and, hide his voice for obvious. nothing. He should never work for like CIA or anything like that. Um, yeah, man. Let me let me jump in and uh, tell you how. It so I'm gonna hit the the beats of the episode. So the episode mm-hmm. opens out uh, with uh, Mark in the hospital. He's recovered. He manages to uh, meet up with Amber again, who she's been filled in with a kind of a lie of the situation that he was in a car accident and that's why he ghosted her. Then she feels bad. And in an attempt to kind of reconcile the uh, relationship, um, his friend William, who's going to check out a university, mostly a guy, but a university, uh, uh, Mark asked to tag along and bring Amber with him because he hopes to bring them closer together because he can feel that there's a division. They get there they're having a good time but things are happening for example justin Roiler's character uh he gets kidnapped and you find out few characters have been kidnapped and they're being converted into robots uh mark actually squares up with one of them barely beats cyborgs cyborg cyborgs Cyborgs. uh barely barely beats one of them and uh, you see there's a great conspiracy involved with this character called da sinclair who's a student at the university but he's a genius level He, he feels himself beyond uh, this uh, this petty university and he, in his twisted mind that when he kidnaps these people and kind of mutilates them, turns them into robots, is him improving upon uh, humanity. He sees it as like when we needed to get somewhere, we, w- we went from walking to getting into a car and driving somewhere. When we needed to go somewhere even further, we got into, uh, we don't flap our wings like a bird, we get on a plane. Essentially what I'm doing mm. with humans I'm giving them the Ferrari treatment, you know? I'm getting you from a horse and stable to, a, a, you know, a, a, a Enzo Ferrari. Like, that's what I'm doing for you. And in his mind, he thinks he's doing the right thing. Clearly, he's messed up. We don't find out why he's messed up. Like, So that's the basic crux of the episode. And it's a brilliant episode. It's like really faithfully 
uh, translated from the comic book. A few changes here and there. Uh, the gripe mm. that I have with it is minor. It's not even really a gripe because the show is its own thing for the most part. It is heavily inspired by the book, but they are kind of tailoring their things to work on screen. But I think certain things that have been taken out, for example, uh, one con- uh, one concept, right, um, with William. So it's op- he's openly gay in the show. He's never been in the closet. But there's something that's established in the book that he wasn't actually gay at the beginning. Well, he was always gay, but he was kind of in the closet and he wasn't really too sure. Um, in the earlier stories, he was actually dating Adam Eve after she breaks up with Rex. And um, the the inside, there's an inside joke, you know, like with him, like desperately wanting Mark to to fly him around when he discovers Um, Mm -hmm. in the comic book. He actually did that to Eve as well when he was dating Eve. And she used to get annoyed every time he used to ask her. Uh, But there was a storyline when they were still in high school that there was actually same thing was happening. Uh, The students were disappearing, uh, uh, reappearing elsewhere and just blowing up and nobody really understood uh, understood why that was happening only to find out that uh this teacher of the school who was like ex he used to work for like the military to some capacity his son dies and the grief leads him to basically kidnap kids who be- he believes led to his son's death in terms of like bullying and you know the popular kid uh he basically turns their bodies into organic bombs like he he sticks like a detonator into them, but using the the eternal biochemistry of their bodies to turn them into organic bombs. And um, the reason why I bring up that point is that um, William was actually initially dating. So the character that William actually falls in love with in uh, university, he's actually a character that um, already existed in the high school. Like he was, I think he was a year ahead of them, who was actually kidnapped right. and confirmed, uh, converted into a bomb. So what they've done with the show, they've kind of like melded those two storylines together to for, kind of for expedience because obviously, and I think they might deal with it later. Um, I don't want to give it any spoilers to how they're going to handle William's relationship with that guy. Um, but they did hop, skip and a jump, which I didn't really appreciate because it is a while before we find out that William is even, is even gay, but they just went straight into it. Um, yeah, it sounded like they've, they've made, uh, specific changes that I'm mm -hmm. waiting for them to pay off in. Um, but, um, I think they paid off with one of them with the, cause we've talked about it before with Omni-Man everyone just knowing that Omni-Man did the deed. So yeah. less of a mystery type thing. And like I hate I said, that. Even from, I hate that so much. I hate that. I, rem- I, I remember reading that. And when the reveal was, it's basically where the end of this season is coming and I already know what the end of this season is because it's kind of like mirrors the comic book, is that that's when the audience and Marks fi- finds out. But the way that we are reading it, uh, when, the way it was... Um, in the sh- where the, the way it is in the show is that even his wife knows and it kind of goes against the feeling of betrayal because she's already having her betrayal right now her betrayal doesn't come until later in the book when the whole world finds out even like so it's it's kind of one of those ones they're taking a specific choice with it which is their show they can do that I don't necessarily yeah. appreciate it because right now I'm just having this ex- extended period of time where I already know what's going on, regardless of actually reading the comic book, right? I already know what's going off or going on, and I'm just having a long sequence of Omni Man being a dick. And yeah, I mean it. 
when we when we look at it, if we were, to, it's like I said, they're, they're telling a story that they want to tell mm-hmm. because if if they were to tell the story similar to the comic book, yeah, but there's still elements of Omni Man the way he's acting shady throughout yeah. the series, it would just be that whole thing of like waiting for the entire series. I knew it's him. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's him, and it's just kind of like, all right, cool. Why are we wasting time with that? Like to to reveal that it's him. Like, oh, surprise, surprise, it's him. Mm-hmm. I think they're just focusing on the reveal that they want to have. The main reveal is the reason why he's done all the things that he's done, which I think is kind of weak um, because that what they tried to do with him, right? Sorry to interject, but he tried to spin it on the demon detective, which would have been brilliant yeah. if they actually created like multiple suspects. I think that would have been greater storytelling for me. If there were like multiple suspects that, oh, yeah. this person had an MO, this person actually had the ability to do it, this person actually was in the visit. Think something like that where it's like even if Omni-Man was in the mix of suspicion, create that. Because granted, it's like the, the comic books was popular, right? But this is on Amazon Prime. There's tons of people that haven't read the comic book. I think yeah. it would have been well, more powerful if there was more of a murder mystery just rather than the mystery of why he did it the mo some, yeah, yeah. sometimes the mystery is greater than the motive well let's let, let's wait to see how they land because yeah. uh, like i said earlier on we're looking at a snapshot from mm. the overall story yeah um the same thing with like uh wandavision like mm. the first three episodes are not indicative of the entire show mm. um and no one episode is so i'm, I'm hoping that you know because like we've noticed they've changed quite a few things about the comic so let's wait to see um, how they wrap everything up to see right. even if it is exactly like the comic. They might mm-hmm. have a, another bigger reveal or something that uh, combines what is from the comics with some of the ideas that they have yeah. in the writing stuff for this episode or for this entire show. Right. So yeah, man. Um, regardless, like I'm so excited to see what happens. I of mean, course. We get a bit of story with Mark's mum uh, trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And she found out that, okay, he he's doing, he's done X, Y, and that, Z. That is he painful, to visit by the, the way. That is painful oh, seeing his mum's emotions, knowing the truth now, and just and knowing that he's lying. Yeah, do you know what I would? How I would actually, and this is the last thing I want to touch on. Overall, I thought it was a great episode, but the last thing I would touch on is basically I would have made it in a way that she is so afraid of him because obviously they've changed it from the comic book, but she is so afraid of him that she's willing to maintain a lie, almost like she kind of already knew from the very beginning that he did it and she's just so terrified of him and what he can do that she kind of convinces herself that it's not true at least that's how i'll do it but they've taken a certain tact i'm interested to see how it goes emotionally there uh but great episode but yeah that's that's me that's me there yeah i mean yeah i agree man um there's there's a lot of different ways that we can explore this and mm-hmm. to give people mini arcs as well yeah um I'm, I'm always fighting against i think these people are always fighting against uh time yes and uh, and how much they can actually reveal because like some of the ideas that you come up with and that i've come up with i would love to see but we we, we don't know the constraints we don't know uh what's going on um but at the same time a great story is a great story so hopefully they they can stick the landing. I think one thing that I'm really excited to see is when they um uh, uh took some of Mark's blood uh from the last episode to see okay cool what can we throw at this uh, f- uh physiology to actually destroy the cells so we can find a way to at least like 
hurt Omni-Man because the only person that I've seen hurt that has Omni-Man's DNA is Mark mm. because he's half human. Yeah. Like, you see him get bludgeoned, bodied. Actually, no, we've seen Omni-Man get hurt when yeah. he went up against the Guardians. Yeah. Um, so not even the Guardians were able to defeat him. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's part, partly the reason why, I don't know, don't don't correct me if I'm right, but maybe I, that's partly the reason why the Guardians were put together to be as deterrent to Omni-Man. Maybe that's why Omni-Man took him out. Because, all right, cool, if, you, if these guys can't even take me out. Maybe okay. that's why he flew over um, Mark when he was fighting yeah. with the new Guardians uh, to see, all right, cool, let's see how these guys do yeah. um, against this, 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 ter- uh, this terrible guy. I'm like, oh, they all got bodied. They got decimated. Cool. I'm not worried anymore. I don't have to kill the Guardians now. <laughs> let me let um, me let me say one thing, and this is not a spoiler. It's just to kind right. of like get rid of any any ideas. But him killing the Guardians, less of a motivation of the Guardians themselves, but more of a machination of him. You'll find out all of that later. But don't worry well, about like Cecil being involved with that, bro. I just want to speculate with. Yeah. I just want to. I want to do the whole thing of like, oh, is it Mephisto? Yeah. <laughs> like everyone. Was <laughs> that was you know so I mean? annoying. Came up to be. Uh, oh, it was. It was horrible. Bruv, I'm seeing that stuff with the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier as well. Maybe mostly out of jokes, but it's kind of like, you know, when people want to take mysteries, like theories, out of the air, and they just yeah. they take the most tenuous things to say, like, oh yeah, no, of course I'm right because of this. Did you see that? There was like a spark in the corner. Not realizing that was right. just like a street lamp, <laughs> but um, just a spark in the corner. Nothing let's else. let's move on. Wait, Speaking on that note, yeah, right with uh, with Marvel, right uh, with uh, with One Division. Let's talk about this episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. I want to chime in first. Yes. My one's going to be very cool. very short uh, because of cool. was a banging episode. Uh, so this episode is a lot more quiet, except for the beginning. The uh, the beginning opens up with this tremendous freeway fight scene reminiscent of uh, a similar fight scene in Civil War uh, whereby it is a triple threat match well not really it's kind of like a handicap match between Falcon Winter Soldier and the new cap um, John Walker and at this point John Walker's uh, reeling over the events that just took place in the previous episode he has killed the man in open in broad daylight with his shield uh, representing America uh, out of revenge for the murder of his friend and um, you can see on his face like whether it's his natural psychology or whether it's the super soldier serum or whether it's that combined to uh, kind of mess him up uh, you can see he is he is completely messed up and you, they just go on this fight and it's one of the rawest fights I've ever seen in the MCU I'm talking about it's like it's convenient in MCU fights. You never see anybody kind of like break a limb. There'll be a bit of blood, you know, maybe over the eye, you know, out of the nose. It's like there's like blood everywhere. People are getting banged up. Um, John Walker gets his his arm. You see it in like full view. Arm being snapped backwards, which I've never seen yep. in a comic book film. Maybe uh, the TV shows like Daredevil. They can be more visceral, but this is the first time in terms of the mainstream characters that we've seen that dope episode um, opening right there. It leads off to him, you know, facing a court martial and well, it didn't get to court martial. It was a hearing and they said, like, you're lucky that didn't get to court martial given your previous record, but you will be less than honorably discharged. Uh, you'll get no benefits, but he also gets uh, recruited by this lady. I can't remember her name because it's long and it's annoying. Her name was, uh, the abbreviation was Val. Val, right? Um, 
uh, played by a character from Seinfeld for all of those Seinfeld uh, fans out there. And she recruits him. And I'm guessing uh, guessing that leads him to become the US agent that we know in the comic book. Uh, but the rest of the episode is so brilliant because it's, it's so much quieter in terms of it's loud in terms of themes. But it's so much quieter in terms of action, right? Sam goes home. He's dealing with stuff at home with his family, trying to get the boat in shape so he can sell it. He gets surprised by Bucky, who's there to help him out and also deliver him a package, secret package that we find out later is maybe his new suit. Maybe it's a Captain America suit. Maybe it's something else we don't know yet. But it was a gift from Bucky via the Wakandans. Uh, so you, there might be some vibranium tech involved. Who knows? It's going to be interesting to see. Um, but, you know, you also got a moment of a political and ideological uh, back and forth between uh, Sam and Elijah, uh, where Elijah tells him of his experience of being uh, a, a an, an experimentee of the uh, of one of the super soldier serums and the time he lost the friends that he lost also who were experimenting on and the place of a black man in America and what does it mean for a black man to ever become Captain America should a black man become a Captain America in his mind no and any black man that's you know respects himself would never consider it and Sam has to deal with that that leads Sam to this like brilliant, everybody loves a montage. And this was one of the best montages of him training to to wield the sheet. Very expedited, but you know, he's already well-trained as a soldier. You know, he's fought, he's fought in Avengers battles. So it's just him kind of building that confidence to hold the shield, wield the shield and just expertly done. Like everything about this episode hit at the right time, uh, the episode just before the end. And you know, the end is going to be crazy now. So that's that's me. Yeah. That's me done. Uh, hands down, uh, a, a a perfect episode in my book. No gripes. Yeah, with this episode, it was it, it's um, if I was to summarize summarize it into one word, I would say closure. Mm. It, it, it's closure. Uh, it's a, it's the calm before the storm because we know there's only one more episode left. And everything that was happening in this episode was like, all right, let's tie off some loose, end, loose ends. Let's try and make things a bit neat and tidy so it's not cluttering the last episode. So we can have all our time in the last episode going balls to the wall, wrapping this thing up. Um, and it, it's even more evident as you see all the scenes that you talked about, about that word closure. You had the closure of um, Captain America getting his shield um, swiped again. It's the second time in the MCU where uh, a shield has been uh, taken off someone or there's been a fight like you said so all right cool so now we're slowing down the john walker involvement kind of like uh monica rambo's all right cool your story's been told so we're going to keep it in the background a little bit in wandavision i thought that's what they're going to do with john walker all right I-, I genuinely felt sorry for him i felt sorry for him mm. he's done some horrible things but you know it's the pressure of that shield the pressure of the legacy that you're following i truly believe in the american eyes or in the world that he that is developed in this series he is someone that tries to be good and then he gets put in these situations that is clearly overwhelming or out of his actual range um he just couldn't handle it and then it led to him making wrong decisions and making the ultimate stupid decision um whether he was under the influence of the super soldier serum um and i just saw in his face like yeah man i i get why you know i get why he's in trouble i get why he's being um stripped of his titles at the same time, I genuinely feel sorry for him because he was in a situation that they didn't 
really uh, they didn't vet for Captain America. There's How Captain can you America, though? Uh, uh, essence. How but, can... wait, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, like the, the way the way you can is well, talk to the people that Captain America knew. Mm-hmm. You know, but they 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 wanted to expedite that. They, they they wanted to make it done very very quickly. Right. They thought, oh, we we know best. We know what makes Captain America someone that's a good soldier that um doesn't have the x factor mm-hmm. but then in the first captain america um first avenger literally they had the perfect candidate mm-hmm. just similar of that john walker type of aesthetic but then they looked over him to uh, go for steve rogers right because it's not about how good you are physically or or or, or how good of a soldier you are to follow instructions it's, yeah it's more than that and it's clear from this it felt like the government punishing John Walker for their decision on not being thorough in trying to find the right Captain America. Right. Um, and I, I, I genuinely felt sorry for him. He's, yeah. he's still silly and he's still a bad guy in that element of, yeah, you should have gotten into trouble for the stupid things that you did. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it generally felt like he was being punished for um, uh, 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 the America, uh, the government not actually doing a proper background check. So that's the first consequence that I came across. And mm-hmm. then the, uh, uh sorry uh closure yeah then you talked about like um the talk conversation they had with Isaiah yeah and that was a beautiful conversation because you could see that Sam was coming along like all right cool I realized that Sam does have that x factor because the way that he talks to Carly trying to talk her down yeah the way he spoke to John Walker when they found him and tried to calm him down mm-hmm. Bucky was like man this guy's wired I'm about to put my metal fist through his face just to calm him down Sam was clearly the calm one to say like, like right. let's, let's talk to him before we go all guns blazing even though my wings got ripped off mm-hmm. but you know he has that thing that cap has like he, he's sympathetic yeah. you know he can be a good soldier but he understands that it's more than that right and so um when he spoke to isaiah um and isaiah made his uh compelling point of like all right well that's the reason why you shouldn't even try to aspire to be captain america because of you know how things have been but you can see in Sam's mind, and he's like, "All right, cool." He he still believes in the people. He still believes that people can actually be better, mm-hmm. and that's what Captain America is about. He's about you know not assuming that the world is just bad. He's like, "All right, I'm trying to get rid of bullies. I don't like bullies. So if the country is going to be a bully, I want to show people that you know I'm the right person for it." Yeah. And we had the conclusion of Zemo and Bucky, um, where we had Zemo uh, go back to a memorial, I think, for his family or for whoever. And then Bucky held a gun up to him because his name was on the list. He's like, let me cross this off and make things right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Bucky had a small bit of growth, even though you saw elements of it throughout the uh, series. Small bit of growth where he was like, all right, cool. I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to hand you over to the Wakandans because he needs to be right with the Wakandans. Because right. he, he, um, he gave, they gave him, what, eight hours and then he didn't uh, uphold that. But he did the right thing by contacting them and get them away and it's kind of i feel kind of uh sorry well not sorry but i feel like oh i feel kind of down because zemo and his fun you know maniacal nature is feels kind of done because yeah. they took him away in the uh, black panther jet um so that came to a conclusion and then a further conclusion that they always do on the penultimate episode so all right cool how are we going to introduce a new costume change <laughs> and it's like yeah yeah uh, i got a favor it's like okay you got the wakandans to do him a favor to make a I'm assuming a vibranium Falcon Captain America suit mm. that we're going to reveal. Um, oh, go I can can I just it. jump in? Can I just jump in? Could please, you please, Im- go could you it. imagine if this is a reveal that that 
So we're thinking is him oh, becoming no. Captain America. Oh, no. But what oh, if no. he's become the new oh, Black no. Panther? Oh no. I knew he was <laughs> gonna say it. No. Oh, snap. <laughs> oh no. No way. No way. Oh uh, man. I'm just messing. Anarchy. I'm just no, messing. Wakanda will we'll, 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 we'll go crazy. Uh, <laughs> They'll kill him. Oh, you can literally call They'll it Civil him. War too. Oh, straight up, man. That would be nuts. Uh, it won't happen. It would no, never, never happen. But never that, happen. That, that that'll be that'll be silly. Oh, based off of a favor, yeah, because he's black as well. Nah, nah, ain't <laughs> you find <laughs> you 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 find out that Sam is actually technically one quarter Wakandan, so it's all good. Technically, uh, um, Bucky is closer to becoming <laughs> the Black Panther right. over Sam. Yeah, you know what I mean, because he's been out there and he's been, you know, he's the White Wolf and all that. Yeah, but then you, you think about like how they're gonna tattoo the bottom lip to make it all glow purple and shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but wait, if um, he's already got the tattoo. <gasps> twist do you know what Bucky might have the tattoos already man he's oh. uh, Wakandan by proxy innit oh what if Sam um, is actually Memphisto <gasps> shock oh can you imagine <laughs> stupid um, but yeah I'm more or less almost done I'm, more, I'm almost done with this yeah. uh, like, it, was, it was a good episode mm-hmm. it was a lot more calm the, the whole like um, uh, fixing up the boat and once again, once again that's uh, coming to a conclusion or wrapping up it's like mm-hmm. alright cool because it was like alright will they fix up the boat like what's, what's the only point it's like okay now they're fixing it up they're going to keep the boat and everything that was a nice little scene just to show uh, the co- um, relationship between Sam and, uh, and Bucky it's evolving and how right? Sam- it's evolving yeah it's, it's not like it's, it's an nice. immediate friendship it's something I think that's the benefit of TV sometimes with movies we get the immediate it's like oh they're not friends they're, con- they're contentious oh by the middle it's like oh we found a common ground and at the end we are best buddies this one is like you know what <coughs> we are not necessarily best buds but there's a mutual respect there and I appreciate yeah. you in my life yeah, respect enough to hit on your sister. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> while, while I'm standing right there. you just thinking to myself, like, when I grew up in Brooklyn, we didn't have girls like you. But hey, 2021, hey, baby. Hey. <laughs> um, one, one, uh, one of the worst examples of that, okay, in a film, Now We're Best Friends, mm. was the Martha saga. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to spend this whole Martha. time while you on, uh, while I, like, I know you as Superman to plan ways to kill you. Oh wait! Right, your mother shares the same name with my dead mother. Dead parents. Oh, we're best friends, mate. There was a line in the actual movie. I was like, oh, like he's he's a he's a friend. Yeah, like, what? I'm a, I'm <laughs> he was a friend. your op. I'm he a was friend. your enemy two seconds ago. I'm a friend of your son's. And it's like, and like, what? I wonder if they ever have the conversation <laughs> of like, so wait, wait, didn't you try to kill my son with like an experimental kryptonite spear that ended up killing him anyway? And we just had this funeral and wait, now oh, you want to oh, buy my house? But we've, we've got a reason for that. Bruce what? Wayne's insane in this I, series. I, bro, I think, I think it's everybody, not, it's, not about him, it's not about him. Everybody in the Justice League <sighs> in is, is insane. If you watch those movies, none of these people make any sense. But, um, yeah. Um, nuts. but yeah more or less more or less done um, yeah. yeah really good episode really excited for the next episode that's going to come through uh, the training montage was, was great actually at one point in the training montage when he uh, missed the shield catching it oh that was perfect him. that was perfect because that's yeah. that's the type of stuff that happens when you're playing around with a frisbee it's like oh crap it's coming in too right. fast ah! and you kind of flinch like a See, little bitch the, the only thing that uh, not an issue but I know something that they didn't show mm-hmm. is okay he missed catching it and remember there was a house behind him yeah like how the shield didn't absolutely bounce did a ping pong oh, break through the window yeah. and ping pong and destroy everything inside oh, the yeah. house <laughs> yeah 
He would have had to pay that for that. That would have been excellent. That would have been hilarious. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, ah, shit. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> I feel like that, that's more at home with something like Ant-Man than it is at, uh, with Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah, because this wasn't an episode for comedy. Actually, no, This was like, right, cool. This is very serious. There was very deep themes and they didn't want to confuse the theme of the show to show that amount of levity. Yeah. So I, I really like that. They um, kept it the same tone consistently all the way through. I really like. I don't remember it. there being any jokes beyond um, a Bucky hitting on Sam's uh, no, Sam's sister. No, this, this, know, this beyond that, the show is mostly straight. There's a bit of levity yeah, to it, and I appreciate the straight. levity. But it's it's mostly a straight show. Um, but I my, I enjoyed it so much. I actually watched it for the second time again yesterday. Um, and I might just watch it for a third time again. It was a really great episode. Very compelling all around. The only thing I would say this before we move on to our final topic. Um, I really do not like Carly's character. Not that I don't like the characters in terms of like, oh, she's a villain and I hate her. I don't think she's well written. I think it's it's unfortunate because the actress that they got is she's trying her very best. But the material is not there for her character yeah. i i th- I'm, I'm i'm used to a higher caliber of writing for villains right point. like it, to be honest yeah. like john walker is far more interesting than she is the the only thing is she just seems like an angry teenager that doesn't have the papers to be where she is and she's fighting for injustice but all it just comes up as like you know when you see like these people on youtube right very idealistic young teenagers young adults where they believe that they've read everything so they understand politics they understand policy so they're there with their you know screaming at the top of their lungs but not really they've never really lived life you know she's lived life for five years under you know a certain circumstance right but for uh, and the belief that this kind of angry little girls have been able to coordinate this whole thing you as the writers haven't actually shown me the ins and outs of that you haven't shown me whether she's done it through manipulation whether she's done it through favor whether she's just done it through sheer genius you haven't done that so you have failed this character and so that's why for me it's not believable it's not authentic and it's a shame because i think that young actress is very talented yeah just to add to that um i I completely agree like i I wish they would because it does feel like she's a bit whiny but i i I believe that if they showed the injustice that she's fighting for it would help us bring bring us more to her side because she said like oh after after everyone came back Mm -hmm. uh from the blip you know everyone was closing up their borders everyone was being funny and now they're trying to pass this uh, legislation for x y yeah. z i'm like you needed a cool. flashback i get i i, I you, get that let me see that yeah you know what i mean i think you needed the a flashback for this for show because it would have given us that thanos moment where we kind of stop and things like hey do you know what i kind of agree with her because we don't know what she's struggling she's 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 told us the show has told us but hasn't shown us show don't exactly. tell and it's because she, Go, go for it go for it yeah she she because we, we know her group believe in what they're doing like but i had yet to this episode i haven't seen her being a hero for the people that she's fighting for no even All the people that her work for her is don't really trust yeah. her now like that her second in command is like what we're working with with murderers now it's like if there was like a lisa just the villains yeah it's like I don't know. I, I'm gonna leave it there on that one, but it's like that's the weakest part. I think Zemo, yeah. for his short period of time, um, 
John Walker voice, even uh, uh, what's again Sharon Carter, where we barely see her, far more compelling than what they've done with Carly. Um, yeah, because she's not the well, but based on how much that she has to do with the show mm-hmm. and how much we've actually seen of her, it's perfect for Sharon. Yeah. Whereas with Carly, we she's the big bad, so it's a much bigger thing. Yeah. But then the amount that is that they've actually shown of the thing that it's not matching. So no. what we expect from her and what we actually see is not matched up. It's but not. For, for Sharon, she doesn't, she doesn't have a big part, but for what we've seen and what we expect from her, it's more or less matching up, which right. makes her a much more rounded character. Yeah. Like, all we've seen Carly do is do evil things. Yeah. But we're told that she's like the freedom fighter, that blah, blah, blah. We haven't seen that. We haven't seen her actually do the right. good um, that, that she talks about. Right. Like, I loved when we got the, uh, uh, when Monica Rambeau came back from the hospital. Mm-hmm to give us a bit more clarity about how the blip or when people came back yeah. affected people. And that gave me more reason to her background and her rationale yeah. for carrying for, forward throughout the episode. Yeah. We don't get none of that for Carly, unfortunately. I'm still thinking about those people that were on the flight during the blip. They're, they're falling. They fell to their death. Oh, they're dead, yeah. <laughs> but, dead. Um, Ken, let's, let's talk about our final, final thing, uh, the final thing that we watched. Uh, the movie Nobody. Um, do you want to do you want to kick off your your experience with nobody? Um, sure. Nobody is a combination of different films, mm-hmm. uh, and feel free to, to to add different films. This reminded me of John Wick. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of Taken. Yes, uh, in some aspects, it reminded me of every single spy retired spy. Uh, film because they do the same tropes of <laughs> a retired spy, where it's like, all right, cool. I'm living my life and then something happens and I have to come out of it and I have to hide my family and my family are like, oh my gosh, you're a bigger badass than I thought you were. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, like, that's that, that's the few films that I could think of or tropes that they do explore in this. Not in a negative way. I think it's done quite well and, and balanced in this yeah. film. Um, so this film is about a um, a guy that is, and they, and they show it, you know, very early in the film where he's just living his life. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, for the weekends, just going through the motion, going through the nine to five. And yeah. I didn't understand why they were emphasizing that until we get to about 25 minutes into the film. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's going through the motions of day to day life. You see a bit of a distance between him and his wife. Yeah. Um, and it's indicated through the pillows dividing the bed. Yeah. Um, they don't explore too much why that's going on. But um, you see that there is a distance between him and his wife, um, even the way that they talk in the morning, mm. um, him and his son, there's a bit of distance. And then he has a little girl, but you know how little girls are. They just love their parents. Yeah. And they love their dad. So she wasn't too, you know, emotionally um, uh, out of place, but there was a bit of friction between his son. But then something happened later on to create a bigger friction. But in the beginning of the film, it's just showing it's the day to day. It's not the first scene. The first scene that we see is when he you know, takes out a cigarette, he's in handcuffs and he opens up a can of food and he feeds a kitten food. And then you've got these two detectives that ask, who are you? And they did the same thing that Invincible does where they don't, that the title card answers the question that we heard in the actual Right, scene. yeah. Who are yeah. you? And then that's where the title card comes up as nobody. <laughs> I, it's like, okay, that's nice. I, that's s- nice. I felt that way when I saw that as well. I was like, motherfuckers, you just stole for that from Invincible. Right, right. That was nice. Yeah. Um. So we we get the intro scene, then we get the uh, repeating, uh, day, and then it does a bit of a calm. They finish that scene, and then, um, the house is getting broken into. Mm-hmm. Um. He checks on his kids. 
his son is up and his son looks crazy scared. He's like, like, that's not me. Like something's going on downstairs. And so he goes downstairs and he sees two people uh, raiding his house and he grabs a, a, a golf club. Yeah. And, but then he gets caught with a golf club and then they stick a gun in his face. And he's like, where's all your money? Give me all your money. He's like, that's all we got. And it's just in a like, little dinner plate. And from then they start doing clever things with the camera to let us know that, okay, maybe he, he's, he, he notices stuff. Mm. Um, he notices the tattoo on her wrist. He um, was very calm. And then uh, before you know it, the son comes downstairs and tackles one of the guys. And then um, the woman that was holding the gun was pointing at his son now. And then from this point, I was like, oh, no. In my mind, I was like, no, no, put down the golf club and just try and appease the situation to get them out of your house. Mm-hmm. And then he does it. And I was like, oh, thank God. He has done the right thing. Yeah. But then for the next 20 minutes of the entire film, everyone has to remind him mm-hmm. that he messed up, that he shouldn't have done that. Yeah. He didn't do the right thing. Down to like his uh, brother-in-law's like, yeah, man, protect my sister. You know, you're down to the son being like a dick to him. Yeah. He's like slapping his hand out of the way when he tried to pick him up after the robbers left the house. Yeah. Uh, you know, like trying to, because word travels far, because his son was acting like, a, like his son was an idiot. Was but the thing is, he was an idiot from the Bro. very beginning. Like getting that dude in the headlock when somebody else has got a gun on you, you're lucky Mate. she didn't actually. So he figures the dad figures out later that the reason why he didn't swing the actual club at his son, uh, at the at the woman with the gun, is because she saw it's that they're harmless. They're harmless. They didn't have any bullets in the gun. So he thought like, if I whack her with this, she's gonna die. Like I can handle myself. And plus, yeah. it's like. We can let them go. They only got like a few dollars, right? But his son thinking he's yep. Batman or some shit. He literally could have caught a bullet if she actually had a loaded gun. Exactly. Mate, if you're a dad and someone has a loaded gun on your son's face and you can have a, a, a golf club to whack him and you whack them and God forbid the gun goes off and you are the reason why your son is dead. Done. How would you ever forgive yourself? Right. So, like I said, but everyone... The mums was acting weird with him. The son was... Well, the mum was acting weird with him because reasons they had fam- uh, family issues. The son was acting weird. The brother-in-law, the father-in-law, his dad was acting weird. Oh, and the one that was the biggest dick, the policeman, he was like, oh, so you, you had a drop on them. And then he did that dickish thing that everyone always does. If it was me yeah. and it was in my house, I was like, no, oh, F you, man. Do you know, you know <laughs> I almost expected that from like a black character, like a black cop is like, man, if that was my family, man, I would have whooped his ass. I would have kicked him right. up and down the stairs. I would have cleaned his clap. Man, you are some right. kind of bitch. Man, that's your family. Right, right. It, it was nuts, man. But then, uh, like, I, I, I found it so weird. Why is the film telling me even the guy from next door mm. was like oh i heard there was a bit of trouble in your house yeah. i was like what f off like go away like but the reason why they showed those scenes or made people feel like uh like they're dicks to him just reminding him that he did the wrong thing right it's because of who he actually truly is yeah they showed they wanted to show the um dynamic or the difference between what people expect of him and what he is actually all about yeah because we later find out he was the governmental uh, auditor mm-hmm. like and what does that mean well he was the guy that all right you, you messed up. He was the anti-Captain America right. <laughs> from the Dark Shadows. You, like, if you mess up with the government and I knock on your door, you are done. Do you know what you the best dead. way to explain him is like in gangster movies, right? If you ever heard the term of a cleaner, he comes in oh, yeah, yeah. and cleans house. 
you never existed. Yeah. You was never there. Yeah. He makes sure. So they, they established later down the line, yeah, to explain what he is exactly is that there was this guy that worked for um, one of the free letter companies in the uh, in America. So either the CIA, FBI, NSA, one of them. And he was skimming money. So they sent him to to ki- uh, to kill him. Uh, and usually, you know, gets the job done. He usually likes to, you know, kill them before they start crying. But he listens to this guy out and the guy says like, hey, man, I'll get all of the money back. I'll be on straight and narrow. You don't have to do this. So he lets the guy go only to find out that this guy disappears, starts a family. And this is where the twist happens, right? Him being this contract killer, you know, consummate professional. Is pissed the hell off and jealous, and he says, "I'm, you know, I'm not jealous. jealous guy." But he was like pissed the hell off because this guy was happy. He messed up so bad, he was happy, and that's when he quit. But when he quit and started to live his life, he admits that he made an overcorrection, and that's where calamity ensues after the events of the breaking into his house. And he kind of proceeds to track down some of the missing eyes, like his watch got stolen and what was the kind of stimulus to make him find what uh, the people that broke into his house is that his little daughter says she lost her bunny bracelet. So he's just pissed. Uh, kitty bracelet. Kitty bracelet. So he leaves the house, goes down to... Um, to uh, so tracks him down. he tracks them down. He gets the intel. Like you can see that he's been in the system. He knows that if you need to be dead, he will find you and make you dead. Finds the family... And he's there, bang, professional, goes in. He's about to kind of kill the dad only to find out that they got a sick kid. And that's why we're led to believe as the audience, that's why they stole from him. Then he's just kind of has a crisis of conscience because he gets it. He leaves only to be on a bus, which witnesses these kind of gangster guys harassing this young girl, asks the bus driver to stop the bus kicks her off the bus, locks himself in with these guys and proceeds to lay the smack down on their candy asses up and down the prison. And the thing I love about this film, and this is kind of where I kind of finish off my kind of analysis uh, with the film, uh, because the rest of it is pretty much a John Wick fantasy. He finds the big boss and proceeds to go kill the big boss. Uh, The thing I love about this film is the action is akin to what you experience with a combination of john wick and daredevil the guy can get his his shit done but he is only human so he gets tired he gets beat up he gets bloody he gets gets stabbed he's bleeding (laughs) out but he still can like mess people up but that finale can this is this is like one of the dopest things i've ever seen at the end of the movie him and his family so his dad's in has been in the game in the past as well so has his brother but his brother throughout the whole film is in hiding because he doesn't want to mm-hmm. be part of the game anymore but the ending when they finally get together because he's kind of cornered by the russians um and it's always russian why why is it always russians like let me let me let me actually add this in like why is it always russians i think hey this is good idea this man has killed my whole army i'm going to throw more people at him then he's going to kill them whoever well whoever made this film absolutely loved the first john wick because at one point i thought they were gonna because when they found out who he was through the cia contact yeah i just felt like two seconds, they're gonna be like Baba Yaga. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I thought they were about to say like, "What's Baba Yaga?" Like, because everything about this reminded me so much. It was even down so to much. the Russians. It's one of like, like you've yeah. you've you've killed my army. You've burnt my money. I can run away, but no, I am going to send more people for you. You're going to kill them. Hey, look, I am going to die. How do I feel about it? It doesn't matter. I am already dead. 
And it's like, come yeah. on, dude. Yeah. Have you seen any movie where one guy proceeds to lay out your army and you will survive? No. No, and the way yeah. he finishes him is right. The guy thinks he's got the upper hand because they're out of bullets. He proceeds to take a claymore mine, straps it all over some plexiglass that's like near unbreakable, uses it like a Captain America shield, runs towards the guy. He's got like a little um, string connected, uh, connected yeah. to the clip. And as he run, proceeds to run towards the guy, the guy's trying to shoot the plexiglass. It's not breaking. And just meters before he reaches him, he pulls the pin, blows up. <laughs> the claymore in the guy's face and I thought to myself See, that is a finale <laughs> did you know what film this would work perfectly in what? that final scene what and <laughs> you might you might laugh yeah this is perfect in any Fast and the Furious film because that was dude, nuts dude honestly <laughs> I would think Fast and the Furious would say like hold my beer and end up doing something different right Some, they'll one up it <laughs> somehow they'll probably take something like I don't know strap themselves into a fridge then proceeds to like you know, je- I haven't seen the trailer to oh, the like, Fast- like Indiana Jones, right? Yeah, in- I was thinking Indiana Jones, but I haven't seen the trailer to the Fast and Furious movie yet, right? But all I know is that they go to space. That's what that's the stuff that I've been seeing on Twitter, seeing on YouTube, right? They go to space. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised is that the way that they go to space is that they're inside a fridge connected to a nuke, not a spaceship, a nuke, and they fire the nuke into space and it blows up, and somehow they still survive in the fridge in Maybe. space. That's what Fast and Furious I mean, will do. I think this is small potatoes. People were making jokes about that for years. Yeah. Though. People were making jokes about that for years. We're like, all right, cool. They've done everything. So it's only space. Yeah. Right? And the producers <laughs> saw it. The producers saw it and said like, well, I guess we need to give them what they want because guess what? We're still going to make a billion. I think they, they might not make a billion this time around given the pandemic. Um, but... Um, cinemas are due to open up soon I would love to watch this movie in cinema rather than watch it online you know um, yeah yeah uh, but yo I wonder if they're going to do a drag race in space oh no, my just, god just could, you imagine, could you imagine could you imagine <laughs> could you imagine it's like yeah, it doesn't matter we'll, we'll save the it doesn't matter yeah, if it's a meter or a light a, a light year <laughs> a win is a win I could imagine Dom saying that boy boy that would be that's some cold blooded <laughs> conversation Boy. Uh, um, but yeah, before we before we finish up, yeah. um, so one thing I noticed about uh, nobody, mm-hmm. the character, I I get why they did that uh, beginning montage, yeah, because he was bored, right, and it, it played up in uh, his marriage. Yes, the minute he started getting back into this old life, that's when he started opening up to his wife again. Like, you know what? Let's go for a date again. Let's go to Paris or Italy, wherever they were saying. Oh, let's do this again. Let's let's try. Let me try and find that woman again. Right, and she even broke down the barriers, moving the pillow out the way. And it showed that when he tried to not be who he was, it ruined his family a bit, mm-hmm. or the dynamic with his family. And the minute he uh, got more and more into this, the more it opened it up. And you see even more so with his facial expressions, he was genuinely having the time of his life. Right. And you see this one scene where he left the um, the club of the Russian and he was more or less gave him the ultimatum, either we hash this out or we go our separate ways and start again. Mm-hmm. And he got back into his car, watching his rear view mirror to see if the Russians and his goons will come up after him. And just before they did come out, he was like crossing both his fingers, eyes closed, praying that they actually come out and, and come get the smoke. And you see the biggest, he sees his face light up the minute he sees them come out of the club. And he spins around of his car and he drives off. 
because he wants it. He wants the smoke. He loves the excitement. And he, he's more or less Kevin McAllister. Mm-hmm. The way he set up his, uh, his new, he paid for a new um, uh, area where he's like, right, cool, I'm going to rig this entire place with little traps <laughs> to take out these goons. Yeah. Uh, uh, like the, the sticky bandits uh, type thing. And he relishes in all of this. Oh, yeah. And it made him more of who he was. And then I can see that he's actually got a better relationship with his wife mm-hmm. because at the end, uh, when they're buying a new house, he didn't. He he felt kind of awkward, like having that conversation on the phone, right? And then putting it down and kind of looking over to his wife, kind of like, um, you know, that was, yeah. He's looking in the face like, alright, cool. That that was kind of my old life calling again. And then just like he he hoped, his wife was like, "Does place have a basement?" Because she's down. She's now on board. She's now See, like with it. You could t- ain't like, and that was a nice because now that he actually gets the opportunity to be kind of person that he is around his wife ain't that, that kind nice. of messed up that she doesn't get hot for him until she finds out he's a cold bloody killer like well every girl says like she wants she a good man but really truly they want tyrone well that's the thing a, a, a the difference between a nice guy and a good guy i well that's what i think the nice guy is a bit of a pushover he's a simp he, he's doing everything that you want he's a nice guy always a nice person mm-hmm. to everyone a good guy can has elements of a nice guy but does the thing that is actually good sometimes you need to step up sometimes you need to be a bit rough not with your loved ones but just in general to get things done like a night the biggest flaw of a nice guy is that they get they they lose because they're too nice and you know a good guy wins at life and he you know i mean my perspective that's what he's trying to do my perspective on that is that that is so black and white because this show this movie clearly shows that the guy might be nice in terms of like he's got morals of like oh he didn't kill that family because the baby was sick but you 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 know that he's had a whole career of murdering dudes because the government told him to do it he's literally laid out a whole hit squad he doesn't know if what some of those guys are literally only there because their kids got cancer or their wife's got cancer and this is the only way that he could pay for chemo it's like it's one of those ones sometimes we think about it that black and white but the wife doesn't know that he he might be a sociopath. And I think he is because remember that scene where he's in the restaurant of the Russians and he's just having the time of his life in terms of like, I got a claymore here. And part of me is just kind of interested to see how far this goes. Like the guy exactly. is he's enjoying ins- himself. He's insane. It's he's beautiful. actually a he's psychopath. <laughs> so I'm talking about if he we're talking it. about nice guy versus, you know, a, you know, the bad guy that gets stuff done. It's like this guy is effed in the A. It's like, oh, he's in his own category for sure. Definitely. You know so I mean? it's like, like she didn't she didn't care. Ab- great. She didn't care about, you know, his name was Hutch. She didn't want Hutch. She wanted Tyrone Ken. She wanted danger. Uh, <laughs> she wanted danger. She wanted safety and danger at the same time oh, right she she because... she wanted to feel safe but know that she could die at any time that's what she wanted right right right, right. it's like girls that like are into being choked they don't want you to really kill them but they want to know that you probably could You're right. <laughs> it's, it's messed up <laughs> boy but i've been there ken yeah it's hot what it's, it's, it's hot <laughs> it's sexy it's dangerous kind of scary but hey yo it's like I'm blacking out but I like it <laughs> what and I think that um, is that, our cue yeah. to wrap up the I mean, episode yeah I'll wrap up on this last thing yeah. um, because I didn't know the cast of this uh, film mm-hmm. there were two surprise uh, um, 
cast members right and they were both in his family it was christopher lloyd yes if people don't know who christopher lloyd is shame on you christopher lloyd is a bad man legend he's doc he's the doctor from back to, uh, the, back future. to the future and the inspiration for rich sanchez yep yep and then we have the bad man himself the rizza yes Oi. of the wu-tang clan as of the Wu-Tang Clan as Harry Marshall, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mansell, his uh, estranged brother yes. that communicates through old school tech Radio. to hide his location. His and and I, I love the whole thing. Like, like, yo, yo, I ain't trying to come back and save your life, man. Yeah. Like, like I, don't, I don't come back and save your life, man. You better not get shot. I've, and then he ends up getting shot himself. I really <laughs> loved RZA in this. He was perfect in this. Uh, I think his performance is probably the best I've seen him in, in years. So natural and so effective. But... Um, looked like he was having fun yeah so I, you know I think that's been our time this week guys thank you for joining us again yeah. this week uh, find me on royal.majesty on Instagram find Ken on I am Mr. Ken on Instagram you can also find us on Twitter on deck podcast on deck dot podcast uh, leave us you know a message a comment anything Make uh, give us some suggestions of what you would like us to talk about anything nerdy Again, this is a platform, a community about celebrating all things that excite us in nerdom. And that could be anything that you're into. If it's yeah. pennies and collecting yeah. pennies, we'll, we'll do our research on collecting pennies. I might regret that <laughs> later, but we just might do it if you suggest it. But anyway, this is us signing out. Peace. Adios, people. <laughs>